Rouge Rugby wishes to send their condolences to the family and friends of Stephen Taylor and all those who have lost loved ones during the flooding in British Columbia. If you wish to help those affected, you can make a donation to one of the many charities helping out via canadahelps.org. everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. I am Stu Hardy, joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, there's been a lot of news going on this past week. This is what happens when we record on a Tuesday and all the big news comes out from Wednesday. But uh, how you been, man? How's it going? I've been been good. It's, uh, you know, as you said, it's been a very, very busy week. Um, lots of Lots of major arrows news, lots of major news from around MLR. Plenty of, you know, obviously international games on this weekend. You are probably 50% happy and sad based on the results of your, your Welsh team there. Um, Roman uh, Nitamak, probably the greatest non-try that has ever not been scored. Um, so, I mean, that like that was that was a crazy play too. So quite a bit of excitement. Um, you know, there's quite a bit of excitement from uh, the uh, autumn test series going on. Um, yeah, I've, I've had, um, uh, it's been kind of funny though. Cause it's like, I've been, I need to get a new phone. Um, my phone has been, uh, has been brutal and is finally, it's quite old and has finally decided that this was going to be like the week, the week or so that it's like, it's going to like die. So I haven't been able to use like half of the apps on my phone properly. And one of those is, is Twitter. So it's like every day I've been like coming home, and like get like Wi-Fi and get back on my laptop or whatever after work. And I'm just like, okay, like let's check in on like the MLR news. And it's just like, this guy's been traded here. This guy's been traded here. This guy resigned here. This guy's going to Europe. This guy's coming from Europe. This guy's, um, you know, this guy is coming from Europe and then he's also been traded and then traded back. Um, and you know, a whole bunch of crazy wild signings and, um, you know, it's kind of the, uh, it's, it's fun. It's the, uh, you know, probably one of the, the funner, the fun the off season feels like it's really kind of heating up now as teams are getting closer and closer to kind of getting to the point where they're ready to announce the full rosters or we're kind of getting a better idea of what everybody's full roster is going to be. Um, so it's been a lot of fun, but, you know, hopefully I get that new phone soon and can actually enjoy it in real time. instead of just being bombarded at the end of the day with 12 signings and four trades. Yeah, well, there's a term in Formula One when the drivers move from uh, teams to teams or if... Uh new engine suppliers are coming in. It's called silly season. And it definitely feels like MLR is in the midst of silly season at the moment. But while there is a lot of talk about with trades and stuff and things coming out of the blue, we're going to start with something that we knew was going to happen and was set in stone. And that is the match between Wales women and Canada women, which took place on Sunday. And, you know, for a time being, especially, I'd say like the first hour of the game, it uh, looked like it would be uh, Wales's game to have, but the final score, Wales 7, Canada 24. Yep, like I said, they were behind the majority of the match. They were able to score one try, but Wales with the conversion led. The big news from that game being uh, Captain Olivia de Merchant 
was red carded in the 33rd minute. Uh, she is obviously has to face a sighting commissioner. Um, the date hasn't been announced for that as yet. But from the 60th minute onwards, it seemed to be that fitness came to be a major factor um, in what would decide like the victory for these teams. And interestingly, you know, I've been saying that, you know, the reason why England are doing so well, England women are doing so well, is because they've had the Six Nations, they've had the Premier 15s. And it's not as though the Welsh women are just sitting around twiddling their thumbs as well, because they have players in the Premier 15s and they've been competing in the Six Nations as well. But it did seem to be that from the hour mark on, Canada just seemed to have the better fitness. And that clearly showed with the um, three extra tries that were scored that won them the game. So that was Courtney Holtkamp, Delanka Menin, Sabrina Poulin, and Pamphiet Buisa. And then Alex Tessier kicking two conversions to get that 24 points. Uh, Derek, what did you make of this game? Yeah, I thought it was a um, really good game, actually. Um, I know... Uh, we'll get we'll talk about England and stuff after um because I know you kind of mentioned them there but uh yeah I thought it was a I thought it was a great game obviously you know I don't want to say necessarily Canada struggled in the first half because I don't think that's an accurate thing to really say but obviously they went into halftime trailing right um you know they were down they were down seven nothing at halftime um position that they're not necessarily in you know a couple couple key players not not in the lineup um for this game for various reasons um but you know, I think kind of seeing when um, DeMarchant got her um, yellow or sorry, her red card, that was kind of like that was a very interesting moment. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, though, because it's like it's one of those hits where I'm like, I, I that's probably a red card. But I feel like it's also one of those hits that I'm like, I really like that rule that the MLR used um, for the uh, the 20 minute red card, because um, it's kind of feels like. It kind of feels like there's a difference between, say, like what Demarchment, uh, Demarchant did in this game, and what uh, I can't remember the Argentinian player that got red carded against Ireland, where it was just like a complete cheap shot on a vulnerable guy in the ruck. Um, it kind of feels like you know the same punishment for those two things is kind of a little off, I think. Um, but either way. So Demarchant gets her red card, which was really unfortunate because she looked to be like one of the better players um, for Canada during the first half. And, you know, it's one of those plays where she's just trying to make a tackle and, uh, you know, it ends up a little high. But, you know, I really I do really, as you kind of said, I think the the fitness of Canada, I think, kind of really came into play, obviously. Um, you know, like uh, Busa coming off the bench, she had a huge impact in the second half too. So that also helps when the reserves can come in and make a really big impact. Um, Kaisel, who had to replace the Martian, like she played really well um, throughout the rest of the game as well. And I think, you know, as you kind of said, right, one of the things that Canada, I think, did really well in the second half was what Wales were getting penalized a lot. They had a lot of discipline issues in the game. Yeah. Um, but Canada would never let them like settle down. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, pretty much on the vast majority of them, um, Peltier took quick taps on almost all the penalties and never like never gave Wales that chance. I think like if, if it's just like sensing that, like you have a fitness advantage, 
Um, but it's like they never gave Wales like a chance to like catch their breath or anything. And that's and in all honesty, if you're taking a lot of penalties on defense, it's probably because you're tired, right? So yeah. um able to kind of just like sense that and start, you know, just generating a lot, gaining a lot of meters just off immediate quick taps. And obviously the forwards doing great work to once they got down the line, a lot of pick and goes, a lot of just breaking down that Welsh defense. Um, you know, to, to enable the, you know, um, all the try scores to kind of cross over the line. Right. Um, so there, there was a lot of, a lot of players. I thought that just, especially just like the way they were carrying the ball um, was, was insane. Right. Like uh, especially um, the center, uh, Sarah Caljuvi, um, she had a number of just like crazy, like, I'm going to run this ball right through you. You're going to fall over. I'm going to keep going and run over whoever happens to be the next person in front of me um, style runs. And, you know, I thought like Canada was able to really play off of that sort of, you know, using their, using um, players like Caljuvi, uh, Busa, um, Holt Camp had a couple really big physical runs as well. And using those players to, you know, kind of break through the Welsh defense, but then also having the backs be able to take really quick advantage um, when the defense broke down and you would ha- you end up with like, you know, Poulin's try where she kind of, you know, the forwards do all the work. They, they suck in all the defense. And then once the, once the forwards are in, you know, we're sending the ball out wide and Poulin's dancing around the only, the only winger that's in position to even room. It's even remotely in position to stop her. And she's like, you know, trotting in for an easy, an easy try. Right. So, um, yeah, like I, I thought it, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Uh, it was nice to see. It's nice to see too. Like, um, I know obviously like England's been like annihilating everybody. Um, yeah. but it's, it's also good to see like a game like that too, where, you know, just from the perspective of like, as you're trying to build a team, you're trying to build towards the world cup next year, get a win in, you know, a game where you're down by a full tr- a converted try at halftime. You're playing with 14 players for what, 50, 50 odd minutes in this game. Right. And, you know, you have to kind of figure out how to kind of overcome that and win the game. You're missing some of your best players too. Right. And figure out a way to like kind of grind out a win. And I think too, like in the going into the second half, like um, the big halftime adjustment of just like, let's, you know, instead of being the typical team that's down a player and being like, all right, we'll play defense. We'll take the points when they're on offer, you know, hopefully the other team makes a mistake and we can like, you know, chip over some points and, you know, or we can capitalize on a quick mistake and maybe get a try. But it was like, Canada was like, nah, let's just, we're going to just all out attack Wales and they're never going to, and Wales is never going to touch the ball in this half. And, you know, that aggressive style is something that you really like to see. And also like just a super physical game and like nice to see too. It's like, Hey, like, you know, it's sometimes like red cards are tough, but it's like nobody on Canada looked like deterred or like nervous and stuff. And they kept the physicality up all the time where, you know, sometimes players might be a little like on edge or whatever about maybe, you know, you don't want to get like another card or something because, you know, you're already down 14, down to 14 players. Right. So nice to see like the physicality stayed up high the entire time. Um, the ball was, you know, Pelchi, I thought was doing a really good job of like distributing the ball, going to the backs when it was needed, the forwards, um, some really great runs. Um, Busa got that, that, uh, player, of the match performance, uh, you know, coming in with, uh, in the 68th minute, I gave her the, the player of the match still, cause 
I mean, that that's how good those uh, those 12 minutes were, I guess. Um, so it's it was a pretty impressive 12 minute run there. So um, or sorry, that's not when she came in the 68th minutes once she scored her try. I am mixing up the numbers that I am looking at here. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so where I should get that right now that I completely butchered it. Uh, when did she? She came in the 53rd minute. The 53rd minute. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. We all make mistakes right here, Stu. The 53rd still 20, minute. Still 27 minutes on. 27 the, minutes and for the man of the match. match or the player of the match performance is uh, is pretty pretty solid. Um, and I mean, fully deserved because uh, she was amazing when she came in. Real big boost of energy for the team. Um, yeah, lot, lots of players I thought I thought played really well. Um, you know, Menon had some really like obviously she had a try and a handful of like really nice counter rocks and things like that as well. So um, it's nice. And I think, you know, it, it's good momentum building, I think, going forward in the next year, preparing for the World Cup, um, which apparently the entire goal is for the rest of the world to figure out a way how to beat England. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually one negative from this weekend is that whilst uh, Canada were playing Wales, uh, France were playing New Zealand and they got their second consecutive victory over uh, New Zealand. So unfortunately, that puts France to third in the world rankings and moves Canada down to fourth. That's it. Canada oh, won the game, game. but Canada were Lame. playing Wales, who were 11th in the world. It's not it's not the same as second and third. But, you know, and, you know, this Game. is temporary. As soon as Canada get to face uh, New Zealand, Australia and the USA in the Pacific Four series, I'm sure they'll be rising up the chart back to number yeah, two. As, as soon as they win the World Cup, they'll be ranked number one anyways. Exactly. That, so who cares about now? Yeah, like, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The, yeah. world, the World Cup champion is ranked number one until they are not the World Cup champion anymore, regardless of what uh, the actual World Cup ranking say. So... Just get fair enough. Fair enough. Right. We're going to also um, France had a pretty good weekend against New Zealand. Yeah, because they uh, yeah, literally they okay. did the double. But uh, uh, no, that was a uh, the women's game. Obviously, congratulations on getting back to back victories over the Black Ferns. But for the first time since 2009, France men have beaten the All Blacks. And what a game to show, because this is also going to be the opening fixture of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Good. So it's going to be the same stadium, same teams. Maybe the All Blacks will want to wear black this time. But <laughs> uh, but no, that was an amazing game. If you haven't seen it already, the highlights are on YouTube, um, both regular highlights and extended highlights. Say, there's, uh, like, there's also like five-minute multiple angle videos of just that one uh Nittimac play where he ran out of the back of the try zone yeah that, so, that, that's going to go down in history as a try, a try that never was but i was gonna say squidge has a 45 as... minute long podcast where all they do is talk about that one play yeah and with good reason yeah i was gonna say and it's like it's entertaining it's not like it's a bad podcast it's like no this deserved this deserved 45 minutes of discussion yeah Okay, well, we're going to leave Europe now. We're going to come back to Ontario, back to Toronto, because we have signing and trade news. So first up, uh, we have the announcement of new signing is Weta Tafuga has signed for the 2022 season. So Weta comes from New Zealand. He's taken up one of those international spots. He's um, played in the Heartland Championship with Wairarapa Bush definitely butchered that and 
you know, he is coming in as a centre. So that's interesting. See, we're going to be mentioning a centre in a moment. But there has been the second trade in uh, Toronto between the uh, 21 and 22 season. And that is a trade with Los Angeles. So Toronto have received the rights to James O'Neill, the Pacific Pride captain who was drafted by LA in the collegiate draft. Um, they have also received an increased salary cap and Toronto will receive the third round 2022 draft pick from Los Angeles. So what did Los Angeles receive in return? Well, they have received a certain Mr. Ben Lesage on a two-year contract. So the co-captain for 2021 is heading out west, and Ben is joining the Giltinis, which is, you know, I've, I've been looking at this from like an objective and a selfish point of view. <laughs> and from a selfish point of view, it's no. I mean, obviously, and the, and the annoying thing is, is that the only chance we as Toronto or Ontario-based fans will get to see Ben play is only going to be on screen because I can't afford to fly out to BC and that game is being held at Starlight Stadium. You can, you can, you can drive to New York or something. Do they play New York? I don't even know. I should check that before I say it, but... Yeah, I, I could, but I'm still waiting on my You could just, you could just go to LA. That's an option, too, if you want to see Ben Lesage play. Just go hey, if LA. I can't even get out to Langford, I doubt I can get out to LA. Anyway, the point... The, so, from a um, objective overview kind of thing is, is that we all know that um, Adam Ashley Cooper uh, retired at the end of last year. He's moved into a senior coaching role instead, but that still leaves a big uh, hole at center for someone to fill. So you have to say like, okay, who is going to replace Adam Ashley Cooper? Who's going to play um, in a spot which was occupied by a guy who's been to multiple World Cups as one as competed against the All Blacks and South Africa and stuff? Who fits that bill? And you say, oh, it's Ben Lesage. And you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree with that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think a, a couple of things. I think like, yeah, for L.A., um, if you're going to lose Adam Ashley Cooper, uh, you might as well go out and uh, acquire the, uh, you know, the the first team all M.O.R. outside center to replace them. So, I mean. Like Ben Lesage was was voted as a you know or um, determined to be the best outside center in the league last year with with Adam Ashley Cooper participating in that league, and uh, so, but you know like that's uh, LA still has that scary back line right like we got a uh, you got Billy Meeks and Ben Lesage in the midfield right now and um, yeah Billy Meeks who is off to Dubai to play with Australia for the uh, sevens out yeah there. yeah no crazy well, craziness so, yeah. you know m- maybe. Uh, in the twilight of his career, but definitely not losing step as if he's keeping up with the set. No, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's going to be uh, LA had a scary back line last year and there looks like they're going to have uh, just as, if not more terrifying back line. Um, but like, kind of like you said though, right? Like I think from this perspective of LA fans, you're, you're looking at, you know, how do you replace Adam Ashley Cooper? They probably, uh, how do you replace Matt Giddow? The handful of like, the guys that they have to replace on their team as, you know, guys have retired or moved on to other leagues or, um, you know, whatever other reason. But I think from the same thing, it's like, you know, Arrows fans are kind of also like, 
So you, Ben Lesage uh, has been traded for the rights to James O'Neill, um, salary cap space, and as you mentioned, the uh, third round pick next year, right? And obviously O'Neill is a flanker, and he is one one of probably one of, if not you know, one of the best Canadian rugby prospects going right now. And, um, you know, which is probably why LA, LA wanted him, right. He's one of the best, uh, the best amateur players in, in the country. And, you know, he'll get a chance to go, go pro with Toronto now, but like the, the one thing with that though, is obviously O'Neill's a flanker, right. And, you know, he plays in the back row. So I think in, in looking at this trade too, it's like the, your immediate reaction is also like from an arrow's point of view, much like LA fans have been like, okay, who's going to replace Adam Ashley Cooper. They got their answer in Ben Lesage. We get our answer of who's going to replace Ben Lesage also immediately in the same press release with uh, um, Weta Tafunga, uh, who by all accounts is a phenomenal center as well. So I think, oh, yeah. I think signing Tafaga is what really makes this trade work um, because I think that might, that would be a difficult thing to give up Ben Lesage um, without ha- knowing who you're going to have in your midfield as well. Right. So who, who, who will be the player that is filling the void left by Lesage who, you know, obviously is the captain of the team as well. Right. So um, that can maybe lead to another discussion or whatever that we can have later based on some of the re-signings that the Arrows have had of who might fill that uh, that vice-captain void because I think he might have signed um, during this run too. Um, but so I think I think it'll be interesting. Um, I I don't I, I I don't know as much about uh, Tafaga as I would kind of like. Um, but I think one thing that is kind of interesting is that YouTube is a lovely place. And, um, if anybody is, um, kind of interested in watching him play, um, the league that he played in, in New Zealand actually has all their games uploaded on YouTube. If you want to, uh, go and check them out, if you're curious on who the new arrows player is. Um, so if you go to the, the YouTube channel and, uh, it's, it's a long combination of letters here. Um, but it's WFRTV-Rugby Heartland is the name of the channel. And they have all of the Heartland Championship games. You can actually find their websites too. And they have all like the uh, like the actual stat sheets and everything. So uh, he, scored, he scored a couple tries this year. Um, in, uh, he scored two tries in seven appearances. And then the year before, he had four tries in 11 games. Um, really big physical center, um, I think. Uh, he, he, I, I want to kind of dive, take a little bit more of a deep dive into watching all of these games to kind of, you know, learn more about the way that he does play. Um, but like, looks like he's going to be, a, you know, bring that kind of like that physical ball carrying style, um, that the, the arrows are, uh, are looking for and that they're going to need this year. Um, so, and then, you know, so overall, actually, I'm pretty Overall, I'm pretty happy with the move. Like you said, I think Lesage is a very popular player. So obviously there's always going to be a little bit of the heartstrings that get tugged at when uh, popular players do move. Um, but I think like I'm super excited to see James O'Neill and oh my gosh, the arrows backline is going to be so good um, because, well, 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 we'll talk about some of the signings that are also going to make the arrows backline so good um, coming up in a minute here. But it's like the arrows backline is going to be insane. It was insane last year. It's going to be insane again this year. And uh, O'Neill's going to be hopefully going to be a huge part of that. Um, still has to 
technically officially signed with the Toronto Arrows. They haven't actually announced that he's signed yet. They just traded for his rights. Um, but, you know, so I think that's going to, that's going to be super fun. Um, I think one of those things too, it's like, um, you know, in, in evaluating trades in MLR, I'm always curious as to how much salary cap space was actually traded. Um, just because I think like that could, like that impacts, I guess that impacts the trade, right? Like, yeah, but it's yeah. like every, every, every time it's, uh, it has been salary cap. It's all it says is just salary cap, um, considerations or salary cap increase or, you know, something along those lines. Right. So it's, um, it'd be, yeah. and, and, and in all honesty, it's for nothing other than sheer curiosity as to what that number actually is. But this, I think in just speaking on like MLR trades in general, um, cause obviously there's a couple trades, um, this week. And I think I'm, I'm going to kind of, we'll, we'll probably circle back to them, but like Will Leonard, um, has been traded from rugby ATL to Rooney. Um, Tom, um, Brusati has been traded, um, to Dallas, um, from new England. Obviously there was the big one with, um, with Nolan Seattle where Aaron Matthews and Devereaux Ferris plus salary cap space go to, uh, go to NOLA for an extra foreign player slot. Um, and like it's so much fun to watch but i also think that like i know and it's like i love seeing these trades and it's like i love seeing kind of the debate around it uh, around like you know fans going on to like you know reddit or you know the facebook group pages or whatever and kind of being like is this a good trade is this a bad trade um and i think if you're an mlr gm right now this has to be so much fun um just yeah right i mean even even from a fan perspective because obviously it is, when it's fun yeah uh, when the trade came out about ben lesage there was the question of like oh who does this benefit more because when it was the kyle bailey trade it was like oh who be- oh who benefits oh it's toronto it's, it's toronto. clearly toronto it's but, not okay, a trade so it's a steal here's how the, the, do this uh, allowed the thing with that though is there are certain trades in MLR that are done for the benefit of the player for like personal reasons and stuff. So something that, that, you know, could may cloud judgment on certain trades. Right. So don't, you don't have to necessarily get the, uh, the pitchforks and torches out for every, every trade that you don't like. Cause you don't Come necessarily, on, Derek. This is the internet. We've yeah, already yeah, got our pitchforks. I'm just saying you don't necessarily know the story behind every trade. Yeah, um, yeah, of course, what? of course. I mean, but the, I think it's just fun considering, like, especially the the gap between the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one season being mm-hmm. as long as it was it's because super of COVID, fun. the limited information that fans get from MLR, and then it's and then we obviously can go into like wild speculation. Oh, this is the thing when you're British and you don't have these kind of trades in like yeah. European sports. See, um, see, but that's that's yeah. kind of I think the point that I was I was initially trying to get to before, but I think because you're saying that it's like you know you're coming from Europe and there's not trades aren't really necessarily a thing and stuff, and I think you have some GMs from other parts of the world here where like maybe trades aren't a thing, but in North America trades are definitely a thing, and they are a super fun part about being a, a sports fan here. But I think to me, like the reason I was initially like if you're an MLR GM or director of rugby. This has to be so much fun just because I think the current 13 GMs are going to like, especially with trading players and stuff. It's like they have an opportunity in this new league 
to do something that the GMs in all the other sports right now can't do or never get the chance to do, which is like they get to determine the market value of the players and trades. Right. Cause there's, there's no, there's no precedent for it for like any, like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, what's a, what's a foreign player slot worth? Well, apparently to Seattle, it's worth Devereaux, Ferris and Aaron Matthews. Yeah. Right. Versus, you know, well, well, other that's th- the thing, even like right? last year when it was yeah. the um, draft and LA traded both their picks for foreign, for foreign player spot. And, and then, now it's completely changed. Yeah, exactly. In, and in the same draft, Houston traded, both of their picks for Robbie Povey who ended yeah. up being their starting fly half. Right. So it's like, you've traded, there's been different trades that have been worth. It's like, yeah, two draft picks. That's worth a starting fly half. Right. And it's like, you're seeing this trade, um, this trade that sends Ben Lesage to LA. And it's like, well, what's, you know, looking at this, it's like, Hey, what's a, what's an all-star center worth. Right. And they're like, well, we got, you got a prospect, you got salary cap and you get a draft pick. Right. And it's like, that's kind of like the base of like, Hey, that's your all-star center. Right. Um, And you know what I mean? And it's like, do we like, you're starting to get, I think that's the funnest part about watching these trades trades. One are also like, they're one of those things that every there's, everybody always has the initial reaction to trades, but you're never going to be able to clearly judge a trade until like after the season or two, three years down the road to actually see how the trade actually planned to panned out and stuff. If you don't believe me, Leaf fans, just remember that you loved that Andrew Raycroft trade at one point in your life. But <laughs> that being said, Andrew, and, that, and then when he set the record for the most wins by a Leaf goalie in the season, you still liked it. It wasn't until much later where we're like, that was a really bad trade. Um, but like, I think, so it's like, it's interesting to kind of see, but it's also interesting to see Right now, while we're getting all this info where it's, you know, especially now that teams like like Seattle, like NOLA, Toronto, L.A., it's like here's the details of the trade that are like coming out and available. Right. When you see like the full details of the trade, when you um, when teams are now announcing that it's fun to see like where GMs in the league are valuing different things. Right. And it's it's interesting. It'll be, I think it's going to be super fun. And really fascinating to see how trades and like signings and how GMs kind of in the league kind of go about this to see like, you know, where all the teams are really like valuing, like, you know, what, what's worth, what's going to end up being worth the most in the eyes of the 13 GMs in the league. What's, you know, what is kind of worth the least, right? Like, is there going to be like, you know, to use a hockey comparison, is there going to be like the rugby equivalent of a right-handed shot defenseman? Or if you have one, it's like having gold on your team, right? So it's like, you know what I mean? So I I, I wonder if we're going to kind of see that. So it's like that, that for me right now is why, like, I'm loving, every, I'm loving all this, like all the trades. Like, honestly, every team, every GM right now, go out and make trades just for fun. Like, let's, uh, you know, just to kind of see, because I think, I think right now, like, like I said, it's like all 13 of these GMs, like you have like every other league, the NHL, the NFL, NBA, right? It's like they've been making trades in their leagues for like, you know, I guess in Major League Baseball's case, probably like centuries, right? Like it's just always been a thing, right? Decades of decades of decades of trades in all those leagues, right? To the point where it's like we kind of have an, you kind of have an idea of what everything is worth. Like, you know, what you would classify as a good trade, what classifies maybe not a good trade, but it's like, I think in major league rugby right now, 
we get this fun time of we get to watch all the GMs kind of figure out what everything's worth and make those trades and all kind of determine what the market value of every trade is going to be like in real time. Right. So it's like, I guess we'll see how all the trades kind of work out. And then other teams might be like, yeah, like, you know, maybe the, like, cause you know what, Hey, like if that's what Ben Lesage is worth, maybe a team out there is like, well, maybe let's, let's see if we can trade for Nanu or something. Right. And be like, we'll base, we're going to base our offer based on what, LA gave up for Ben Lesage or something, right? Like we get to kind of see what the market is. I don't know. I'm interested to see. I want to see more trades. I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm interested to see like how all the, uh, we even got like mid season trades last year too. Right. So it's like, I just want to see, see it all. Um, so it's like, I, I'm excited. I, I, I love trades. Make, make, please make more of them. They're a lot of fun. Well, no trades, but we do have a few uh, signings and re-signings made with uh, Toronto because we had three press releases about um, announcements of Arrow's players. Um, so in the second announcement, we had that returning for his full season is Paul Cellini, who is the most capped um, Arrow's player to date. And if he plays in every game, could be the first player to earn his 50th cap for the Arrows in 2022. Uh, we've been talking about uh, draft picks. Well, the Arrows have now signed their first draft pick, which is Bryce Warden, is the first of the draft picks to be officially become an Arrow. And after this player has been spending some time in France as a medical joker in the D2 for province, returning for his third season, it's Tommy De La Vega. Now, when you were talking about the back line and saying about uh, potential new co-captains, was it Mr. De La Vega that you were hinting at there, Derek? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. Um, I think, I mean, I think, I think the, obviously I think the arrows really like De La Vega and everything that he, he brings to the table. And I mean, uh, I have no idea who is the new co-captain is going to be, but in my mind, I feel like De La Vega would be one of those guys that is going to be in consideration for, you know, getting that vice and or co-captain role. I mean, you also have Sam Malcolm, who's already captained the team, and uh, Giuseppe Dutrois, that's, that's also captained the team too, right? So, um, Arrows have a really strong – still, Arrows obviously have a really strong like, leadership group still. Um, so, there's a lot of candidates there. But, um, but yeah, bringing De La Vega back is like what a signing that is. Um, that's unreal. I'm so I'm super excited to have him back. Um, obviously, like Rum, we made a we made a lot of you know discussion stuff about how insane Rumball was at the breakdown last year, just because he was just you know putting up video game numbers at the breakdown. <laughs> um, but you know, De La Vega, um, phenomenal in the lineout. His work rate is insane. Um, it's, it's, you know, he's just unbelievably talented, also great at the breakdown, um, gets, you know, obviously great at the breakdown is unreal at the line out as well. Um, both on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side. Um, and like I said before, just kind of brings all of that, like leadership, um, to, to the squad too. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I, I'm fully on board for Rumball De La Vega in the back row again, and then, you know, uh, Ronan Foley um, also signed, um, traded for the rights to James O'Neill, who, as I said, one of the best prospects in Canada right now, also playing flanker. So I mean, that's that'll be exciting um, too, right? Like the back the back row looks the back row looks nasty again, and 
um, you know, it's uh, it's been one of the stronger points of of the team for throughout their history, and it looks like it's going to continue that way. And mainly because you know a big part of that is going to be because Della Vega's back. So, um, really, that's what's well, what definitely one of the signings that has me uh, has me extremely excited. And you know, probably yeah, I, I'm just uh, a little pretty fired up for that one. Well, we've been talking about the back row, but I think we need to talk about the rest of the forward pack with the final announcement that came today on uh, Tuesday, November 23rd of um, the signings. Um, first up, utility forward Mason Flesh. He has re-signed for his second season with Toronto. Um, Canadian prop uh, Tyler Rowland. He is re-signing for his third season with Toronto and another prop that will be joining the Arrows this year is Isaac Salmon, who has played with uh, Tasman Mako in New Zealand. So, you know, we were saying like the last season, there was um, concerns with uh, the front row, especially in the prop department. Uh, it seems to be that uh, Toronto is now addressing those concerns and hopefully we won't get a repeat of um, issues in 2021 when it comes around to 2022 yeah um that's obviously it looks like i mean this is the the second prop that they've signed from from new zealand um this year they signed a sioni earlier um and now bring it bring it on salmon which is just the fantastic isaac salmon is just a fantastic name um you know i I look forward to all the fishing puns to come from yeah the, yeah exactly it'll definitely there's going to be a podcast title in there yeah. at some point i'm sure um but yeah so like you you bring in that so it's like now right now you have the, the group of props as of now sits at on the loose head side i think you got keith and sioni tight head side you got roland um salmon Ouellette, and warden um right so it's it's a pretty good group um you know it's a pretty good group and like you said it's like they had a little bit of depth issues last year. I think part of that though is definitely the issue with crossing the border during, you know, the height of the pandemic or maybe not the height yeah. of the pandemic, but crossing the border in the middle of the pandemic. And yeah, the, and the fact that they had to play the entire season in Atlanta, I think contributed to that. Um, but it, it, it is also, it is also clear to see that it's like, yeah, they're going out and, addressing that right so um and you know they they already did a little bit of you know obviously earlier we talked i mean we're talking about tommy de la vega kind of being like an unreal weapon in the line out um they added to that too right like that was one of the areas of concern that we had throughout the year and they picked up um kyle bailey in the trade that we briefly mentioned when we we're kind of discussing all the trades across mlr there right so um, th- this pack is obviously the pack is really shaping up to be, it looks to be like a force to be reckoned with here. Um, yeah. you know, going across, like, a, like you said, it's like in the forwards right now, you got Keith Sioni, Roland Salmon, Ouellette Warden, um, Hookers, Quatrin, McRogers, um, draft pick Mace still unsigned as of now. And, you know, so it's like, there's, there's a lot of, you know, it looks like there's a little bit of depth there. And then, as you said, like the second row still having guys like, um, you know, second row having guys like Watt and Bailey, Cellini um, mixed in there. And then, like, yeah, the back row, uh, as we mentioned already, Rumball, um, Rumball, De La Vega, um, you know, Foley, Foley, uh, hopefully O'Neill, hopefully, you know, a couple, hopefully guys like Vicalani and stuff are announced soon too. Um, you know, it'll, uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a solid, solid team. Um, and so it looks like a very formidable pack just based on, you know, all the names that have been announced to have signed so far. And, um, you know, maybe even some guys that, you know, you can kind of look at and be like, expect them to be back or whatever. Well, we've been talking about uh, signings and you guys joining the team, uh, but now we have to move on to a big departure from the world of rugby, specifically uh, women's sevens. And that is that it was announced in the past week that Jazane Landry has retired from rugby. Uh, you know, Jazane Landry, she's incredibly decorated as it is already um 2013 world cup seven silver medalist 2015 pan am games gold medalist 2016 olympics bronze medalist she's the first woman to reach 1000 points on the world seven series and currently holds the all-time women's points record at 1356 points she has scored 143 tries and so she's ranked third overall 319 conversions which was a second overall and she has played 208 matches and is tied for third overall so Jazane posted on social media the following statement accompanied with images of her time from when she was first selected to play for Canada all the way up until the Olympics and this is what she said they say you are a visitor in the jersey and I'm proud to share this journey has come to an end it has been an honor and a privilege to have played the game for so many years. As a kid stepping on the rugby field for the first time, I never could have imagined that what would transpire over the next 20 years, and I am deeply grateful. To everyone who has stood in my corner and supported me over the years, thank you for your time, energy, and belief. To my teammates, thank you for the laughs and the lessons, for celebrating the good times and walking through the tough times together. To my family, You've been there for me every single step of the way, and your support has been a constant source of strength. To my wife and baby girl, I am all yours now. G. Yeah, no, just a unreal career um, from Ghislaine Landry. Um, perhaps, a, you know, as you mentioned, all the, the decoration, the accolades, perhaps a disappointing way to end it, given how this year has gone both on and off the pitch. Um, but, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, there's no denying that she's one of if one of the greatest women's sevens players of all time. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal career all around. And, you know, it's, it, it is kind of like, you know, looking at uh, the, the, the uh, world, like the all time, like scoring leaders, it's really cool to see a Canadian flag up at the top. Right. So, um, you know, there's been a, a lot, it seems like there's definitely, you know, a transition period for both the uh, men's and the sevens team, um, you know, as, after this year and um you know given the amount of retirements that have happened between uh between both the, the sides but uh yeah landry just a- absolute legend and uh you know it'll uh we're probably g- gonna miss watching her on the pitch because there's obviously a lot of uh fun and great memories associated with her in the uh wearing that uh the red maple leaf in the jersey there yeah and if you're ever wondering of like how can I show people just how good Jazane Landry was? It was last year that World Rugby actually put up a video on their social media accounts of uh, Jazane's top 10 plays whilst playing in the Rugby Sevens World Tournament. And, you know, she's iconic. She's been inspirational. She's 
obviously been Canada's captain for, you know, so many years. And, you know, like you said, there is a rebuilding phase coming on and, you know, building towards the next Olympics, the next um, World Cup, which will be, take place next year. Um, but to Jusane Landry, thank you for everything you've done in the Canadian jersey and we wish you all the best in retirement. Now, some interesting news developments with Rugby Canada that was announced today. The Rugby Canada Board of Directors and the Chief Executive Officer, Alan Vanson, announced today that they have agreed to begin the transition of leadership at the organization. So in layman's terms, that means the CEO, Alan Vanson, is stepping down. He will um, be in the position of CEO until, I believe it is January 31st, 2022. So, you know, that gives at least uh, two months and a bit to work out who's going to come in as the new CEO. But we've been saying ever since um, Canada men's were eliminated from the World Cup that change needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I could see how, you know, it doesn't make a difference between the games with Portugal and Belgium because that doesn't have any effect on anything. So we may as well keep what's currently existing going. But this now seems to be a step in a new direction and hopefully yeah. the right direction to um, get Canada out of this rut. It's also been announced through um, America's Rugby News that the thorough review of the high performance programs of Rugby Canada, I believe that's excluding the women's uh, 15s because obviously the World Cup was the later year. Um, that review was intended to be completed in November, but the results are now expected in January. Derek, what do you make of this news? Um, I mean, yeah, like, is I don't think anybody's surprised by this, right? Um, no. No, it's, as you said, it's like we've been, like, the moment, the moment the final whistle blew in that game against Chile, um, the calls for change started. Um you know, Alan Vanson and obviously Kingsley Jones were kind of, you know, the, the two faces paint, uh, painted on the dartboards, you know, across the uh, Canadian rugby community. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is, it is one of those things. It's like, it's obviously we've been saying it's like, you need the change to happen. And Vanson, Vanson's the first big change. Right. And, you know, so obviously, you know, it like, I don't know how, rugby Canada was going to keep going with Vance in, in charge, or even, I don't know how the men's team keeps going with, you know, Kingsley Jones as the coach either. Um, but obviously this is the first major change that has happened. Um, so at least it's, you know, it's step one, right. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot that still needs to be done and, you know, hopefully, hopefully, as you said, it's a step in the right direction. I think, um, you know, I, I think it was just, I think you kind of look at though, like the social media reaction to this and um, people are like online and stuff. And it's almost seems like celebratory almost um, with like, you know, the comments that are like on like the rugby Canada, like where rugby Canada posted the announcements and stuff. And I mean, I think, I think it's just, yeah, like, I feel like, I don't know if it's just like, you know, pressure from the Canadian rugby community or, but it's like the writing kind of really seemed on the walls and stuff. And you know, it's, um, I was kind of like, um, earlier, like last week, actually kind of reminded of 
you know, a quote from uh, from Brian Burke, who was the GM for the Leafs when the Leafs really stunk. And, uh, you know, although he has had a lot of success elsewhere, um, but, um, you know, he, and uh, he actually has ties to like Rugby Canada and the Arrows as well um, for like the, for like the, uh, the rugby connection there. But, um, you know, back back in the day, he had to he was faced with the uh, the Leafs were terrible and he was faced with the decision of, you know, um, what to do with a new coach. And so he fired Ron Wilson and he had a, a quote. Um, in the press conference, which, you know, when they were talking about like how he came to the decision to, um, and basically this came after there was a home game, the Leafs lost and the fans were just chanting fire Wilson a lot. And he basically, his quote was like, it would be cruel and unusual punishment to let Wilson coach another game at the Air Canada center at the time. Right. And I think, honestly, I think that's the point where we're at here where it's you know you know what i mean like it's you couldn't like i don't think rugby canada uh, like you look at like the way like this announcement is being received like on social media it's like you couldn't every every post that rugby canada has made i don't know if you've been like looking at like comment sections and stuff um just to kind of get like the i, vibe I think of for it. the se- prevention of deteriorating mental health it's best to uh yeah don't look at comments sections yeah but it's like every like rugby ken has been like doing things like you know just just announcing lineups and it's like there's like you know comments about like vanson and jones on on them um they uh, they announced like a you know black friday like merchandise sale there's comments about vanson and jones on it right like you know what i mean and um I, I think that's where we're at. It's just the temperature of of the uh, the rugby can of fan base right now, um, yeah. right? And that, uh, that rage uh, is what's going to get a lot of Canadian rugby fans through the Canadian winter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so I mean, from that perspective, source. like I think I think you're kind of looking at like the temperature of the fan base, and you know, just the constant pressure. Right? It's like it, it would be. I think it would be really tough. It would have been. I think it would have been really tough for Vanson to continue just because of that, right? Yeah. And um, you know what I mean. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, it's. I'm not surprised. It's probably just step one. Um, but yeah, like I think. I mean, I think at the very least, I think most people like this is obviously the performance of Rugby Canada on off the pitch over the past year hasn't been hasn't been good. Right. And a lot of changes need to be made. And this this is the first major one. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what comes up. We'll see what comes up later. Um, We'll see what else comes. We'll see if we get anything else, say, you know, before Christmas or if we have to wait till uh, you said January when that review comes out. Yeah. So it's um, according to America's Rugby News. They say the results are now expected in January. Now expected. Okay, so I wonder. I wonder if it's because you said that they know they were supposed to initially know it in November. I wonder if they know it and are just doing a whole bunch of like, we're making the delayed press releases. And stuff. And yeah, stuff then like we'll that. be like we'll release it once. You know, maybe. possibly. I, to me, I think the original idea would have been that because by now, yeah, the Women's World Cup would have finished. And they would have been able to do a review of all four yeah. senior programs. Obviously, COVID has meant that that's not the case. So I believe it is just going to be focused on the 
men's 15s, the men's 7s, and the women's 7s programs. And I believe that there will be a, rev a review of the women's 15s program, but that will take place following the conclusion of the World Cup in 2022. But yeah, yeah. But like you say, as in this so can't be the one thing it has to be yeah the start like of things. yeah which which is fine so i mean um yeah it's uh i don't think any like i said i don't think anybody's surprised by this but yeah like there's he can't it can't be the only change that's made but you know it's it's obviously it's a start and um it um it'll be interesting to see who gets appointed to that position or who they hire for that position or you know um yeah like the the process that's gonna um take place in order to determine who that individual is so um that does take over because obviously it's a really big really big decision and whoever does you know whoever is the next ceo of uh, rugby canada um is gonna have quite a bit of work to do right to um mm -hmm. kind of because as, as we kind of mentioned before it's you know, it's, it's one thing to like kind of be losing games or whatever, but you know, it's, it seems based on all the events that have happened this year, that there, there is a little bit of a cultural issue at rugby Canada and you know, the, the new CEO, like there is going to have to be the person that's at the forefront of changing that. So um, we, uh, we shall wait and see who that ends up being. Indeed. Right. We've got some other MLR news to go over. The first thing is, now, this is where we normally talk about like people who have signed for teams or been traded to teams. But the first thing we're going to mention is uh, Michael Smith. As uh, Canadian rugby fans will know, uh, Mr. Smith got a red card in his match against uh, Belgium. And it's now been announced that he will face a two-match ban from that red card. So he will miss the first two San Diego games of 2022. Um now, back to our regular trades and signings news. Uh, as we mentioned before, Will Leonard has traded to Rugby ATL from Rooney. Tom Brassani has been traded to Dallas from New England in exchange for salary cap. Uh, Tiana Erasmus has joined Rugby ATL from the Houston Sabercats. Now, the big trade, as we were talking about earlier, is... Aaron Matthews and Devereaux Ferris, plus an increased salary cap, has been traded to NOLA from Seattle. Seattle, in return, receive an extra foreign player slot. Uh, Rohan Saifaloy has joined DC from Tasman Marco. Um, Gideon Van Wilk has joined Houston from the Cheetahs in Curry's Cup. So that's another South African coming over to Houston. One or not. Uh, Saya Osi Mahoney has joined Houston from San Diego. Stan Van der Hoven has joined New England from Bay of Plenty. Uh, big um, Canadian signings now is Justice Cizeru will join Ben Lesage at the LA Guiltinis from Seattle. And Jake Ilnicki will join DC from Seattle. So, you know, we started with a bit of a negative news about uh, Canadian being uh, banned for two games. But I finished with um, two well-known uh, Canadian players leaving Seattle to join different teams on uh, different coasts. Yeah, so, you know? okay, so first question then. Yeah. Obviously a lot of signings, um, a lot of trades. I guess before we kind of get into some of this, it's like, 
is is LA now Canada West? Have they usurped Seattle in, in, for that title? Is not is that now the the Western because they they even have to play in Langford. LA even gets yeah. to play in Western Canada. Are they are they the new Canada West? So you've got Cisdaru, Lesage, um, Corey DTH. Thomas, and DTH, and uh, uh, um, Elena um, Gattinger works for them too. So the the former team manager for yeah, Canada, but isn't uh, oh my god, Mark Carter? No, as a front row. Oh, Lindsay, Lindsay Stevens. Stevens. Lindsay yeah. Stevens. Yeah, yeah. So that's five Canadian. If I mean, you got to start. Potentially, all those we guys. have. A, I think uh, LA is supposed to announce the full squad soon or something. But yeah, I mean, I mean, if Lindsay Stevens isn't in it, then we're going to be <laughs> very disappointed. That's in- oh, is is are are you? Is that a, is that what it is? Is it going to be? A, that's the 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 wish. I'm, list I'm not. For- I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that the wish list for Christmas? It's the Ryan James jersey in black and then the Lindsey Stevens in white. You've been going through my stuff again. No, it's Chris, the wish list for Christmas. Uh, oh, I guess. Have I been looking like through your phone? Is that what you're saying? What you're saying the notes for? I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you... Uh, I have no idea, mean. yeah. Exactly. Absolute nonsense. Uh, you, you have, like, the kit release date circled on your calendar, so you know when to put in the uh, the purchase order. Um, but... I mean, my, my family's already asking me, what can I get you for Christmas, seeing as uh, due to my delayed PR card, I'm not going to be able to go home. Oh, that's, so, that's a shame. Well, you know what would be a real shame? If they don't announce uh, what the new kits are going to be in time for Christmas. That's going to be the real shame. Oh, I think, um, you know what? I wonder. I guess that's probably a thing that I guess is coming soon, I guess. Eh? Um, I guess it would have to be, right? I don't know. It really should be. That would you be. you got to get your kits in time for Christmas. I mean, <laughs> the season starts February 5th, which means yeah. you need a good six weeks it's of called, it's called, wearing yeah. in your shirt to make sure well, there it fits. And It's called, it's called Kitmas for a reason, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so either way, I guess is, uh, well, I guess, well, yeah, I guess LA, LA, obviously a lot of Canadians for you. They also have Ryan James. So I guess you're really stoked about that too. Um, so yeah, they have a, they got quite a bit there. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, are they, are, have they usurped Seattle then? Especially now that, uh, Sears Duru went there, like they're taking the Seattle players too. So like, well, as of, as of right now, as of right now, Seattle has Penny and Larson officially signed. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. well, yes. Yes. <laughs> As of right now, that, that's who Seattle has. They they used to have like sets. Uh, they used to have a lot of guys. They used to have like Hassler, but um, yeah, Hassler's down in Austin. Uh, I said uh, yeah, Il- Il- Nicky, Il- Nicky's now off to, uh, off Seattle, to DC. Sorry. He's joining, uh, joining Doug Frazier out there. Um, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta have at least uh, three Canadians in the DC household now. I think that's a uh, yeah. That's 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 now, now that Kieran Hearn's retired. They need another Canadian. They need they need another Canadian boost. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, like I think Seattle, I think is is one of those like teams that I'm like I'm really fascinated by like just their off season in general. They've obviously they've announced a a few players that that have signed or re-signed or were on multi-year deals or whatever. But you know, I think a lot of the roster still remains a mystery. And yeah you know, kind of looking at like the past two weeks, it just, it seems just like player after player signing elsewhere right now. So I'm, I'm and then, um, 
Alan Clark had that that interview with Joe Harvey that's on the Major League Rugby website right now. And he's, I think, I believe he said like only 45, 50% of the roster from last year is going to be coming yeah. back. Right. So yeah, well, that's very, very intriguing was... offseason from from the Seattle Seawolves right now. Which is also yeah. like kind it's it... kind of crazy to think about how they're they're back. Like there's only been three full years of major league rugby and they've won two of them they have two titles in the three full seasons of mlr and they're already as you know alan clark said in that article with um with harvey as well is like they're in like full like a rebuild mode and they're they're realistically i mean i don't know how i don't know how much we really count that 2020 season but i guess they're one full season away from being back-to-back champions and they're just in like i mean they were terrible last year but like they're just in well. That's the thing. If you've gone here. from being back-to-back MLR champions to yeah. winning, was it one game in twenty? One of the five games in twenty twenty, and then so, and then finishing lower than a team that had to relocate their entire operation <laughs> to Atlanta. Then, oh, I mean, they 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 finished higher than Houston. Yeah, but Houston's also going through a rebuilding phase at the moment. As well. but, I mean, Houston's still building the first time. I mean, yeah, if they're always <laughs> going through a rebuild, then is it technically a rebuild? Yeah, no, that's just where you started from. The teams are only but, four I mean, years old, so. But I mean, there have been some like big names that have been released uh, from Seattle, like Shalom Suniluda, yeah, George he retired. Parton, yeah. Eric Deschel has been released. From... Yeah, he's on like a, a leave of absence or something, some, something to that effect. He's, but um, I remember seeing that. But uh, yeah, no, there's yeah, but, there's a there's a lot but, of guys that seem to be uh, yeah, because because Eric kind of... Deschel, as soon as you see him, I'm like, yeah, Seattle player. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. So it's like there's there's a lot. I mean, even it started it started last year too, right? Like there was obviously you know a handful yeah. of guys that left the team last year, right? So it's um. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Very interesting team. Um, and then obviously, like you know, I go, I go back to um, my thing that I said earlier um, about you know you don't necessarily know all the details or all the reasoning behind the trades. Um, but yeah. yeah, Aaron Matthews, Deverell Ferris, and salary cap for a foreign player slot. So, yeah, so- like, I, I really, I really wonder. I really wonder like who they intend to use that foreign player slot on, yeah. um, you know, with like how talented that player might be. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. so it is, it is kind of a fascinating one. Is there anything else that, um, that really jumps out at you from this, this super, super busy week that we've had? I mean, I've just been all consumed by arrows news of, uh, I know, <laughs> There's been so much. I think I think Il Nikki fits really well on DC. I think you know. Yeah, that was announced some of their some of their props departing too. I think that's a I think that's a good move for him. Um, Same with Sirius Duru. I do I like him on uh, I like him on um, on LA. I think obviously you know that that'll be nice to get a you know some um, Corbisero scrum coaching. um, Yeah, yeah. Canadian front rows. yeah, like Sears do obviously he's been, he's been one of you know Canada's best best front role players for a long time. Um right, he's so been I mean, around for a long time as well. But hey, he's only like 27. He just he's has a 
ton of caps though like yeah well he's been playing since 2013 when he was yeah uh, just 19 years old yeah exactly he's got a ton of caps too right so um but uh yeah but uh, like you said he's still still only 27 man he's got a lot of rugby left in him right so um serious Stewart, yeah in la um you know as you kind of said like it is uh you know houston loading up on um a lot of South African players, which given the coaching staff and management that they've hired, not, not, not really surprising. Um, I like Nola too. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're doing pretty well. I think that that's, a, that's a really, I think that's a nice trade for Nola um, picking up, you know, Aaron Matthews and stuff. But see, that's right. Um, who, you know, it, it is interesting to see you know, the team saying rebuild, but is also like we're trading away our first round pick from a year ago. And it's not um, as though Nola were like miles off the pace. They no, yeah, it's, a, it's they a just good lost pickup. out in well, the final game. Well, like, of Nola, the Nola lost um, younger to the Free Jacks, so Deverell Ferris is that like that's the, that's the guy that replaces younger. Like that's a that's a really good move from the team. It addresses the an immediate need that um, was created earlier in this off season, right? So it's. Um, yeah, it's uh, so I, I I think that works out really well for Nola, right? So, and um, Dallas is obviously really busy too. Like they've been, um, you know, obviously they have they have the uh, the un- I mean they have the unique thing that it, of building building the team from scratch again for the second time after uh, you know uh, initially you know not playing um, last year as originally planned. Um, so it's like they're obviously super active too, right? So. Um, you know, it, it's it's a really exciting. I think it's really exciting, though. Just kind of looking at all the offseason moves in general, right? So, um, uh, yeah, like we'll, uh, you know, I, I'm looking for next. Hopefully, next week just as busy too. <laughs> Makes yeah. uh, I love having a ton of stuff to talk about on the podcast. It's it's a lot more fun. Absolutely, but one uh, competition that's happening this week. See, we don't we Canadians don't have to wait until uh, 2022 to get uh, rugby playing again. Uh, so this week is rugby a never universe. stops. It does. It's just a different competition. It doesn't stop. And it is very accurate. Yeah, that it doesn't. Very. It doesn't stop. There's no break. The rugby is officially I was, I was going like, on forever. I was like trying to be like, oh, I wonder when we should maybe like take a break for like the holidays and stuff. And I was like, there is games literally every weekend that we can. Uh, this that it doesn't stop. True. It doesn't stop. Do you want to? We could become a Premiership Rugby podcast or. Uh, we're a top 14 podcast, a lot of Canadian guys in France. We can do that. We can just talk about French rugby for a that, that is true, but we'll be flagged by LRR anytime we mention top 14. Oh, it's true. It's true. I have to or even uh, glance at a top 14 clip. Yeah, done. look look at the gone. we said the word top 14, so now it's uh, the podcast yeah. can shut down now. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the competition I was referring to was the Canadian University's men's rugby championship. Uh, with matches beginning tomorrow, that will be Wednesday, the 24th of November, uh, Friday, uh, the 26th of November, and Sunday, the 28th of November. So by the time this goes out, it'll be the semi-final round, but the quarterfinal round is the UBC Thunderbirds versus the RMC Paladins, uh, the Guelph Griffins versus the Calgary Dinos, the UVic Vikes versus Dalhousie RFC, and the hosts of Queen's Gales versus the Concordia Stingers. Um, Derek, this tournament will be decided by the time that we next record, but um, who do you think is going to win the quarterfinal rounds? Oh. Um, 
So not the overall winner, but not the who's overall, win just the quarterfinals. Quarter oh, so the first up, uh, UBC versus RMC. Um, first of all, Thunderbirds versus Paladins is the best nickname matchup we have going for any sport <laughs> in this country. Um, it's uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, I think I think you got to go. I think you got to go Thunderbirds on this one. I mean, they've been. Yeah. Um, they've been kind of perennially like near the top, and I think, uh, um, yeah, yeah, like that. You know, I you can't go, you can't, you can't, you can't bet against the Thunderbirds. Maybe unless they're playing the Vancouver Wave, but other than that, you can't bet <laughs> against the Thunderbirds. Vancouver Wave aren't in this though, so they're fine. No, that's not. Well, they're not a university team, so no, exactly. Go. Hence why they're not in this. Okay, uh, next uh, up we have uh, Guelph Griffins versus the Calgary Dinos. Uh, you know, um, Guelph, Guelph, I think had a really good season, um, in the OUA. So I think, um, um, I, I think I'll stick with, I think I'm going to go with Guelph. I think Guelph might have a shot at winning this whole thing too. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll okay. Um, third match, Uvic Vikes versus Dalhoise RFC. Um, so I'm looking at the next matchup of Queens versus Concordia, and I feel like I'm inclined to take Queens. So I'm going to take Dalhousie in this game just because I don't want to pick the favorite in every single game because that's really lame. So that is very so I'm going I'll go with Dalhousie. I'll get a I'll that'll, oh, that'll be my token upset there. Okay, the token upset. So then we're gonna have semifinals including Thunderbirds, the Griffins, Dalhousie, and Dude, the game. You still have the Toonie? I don't have it on me at the moment. I'm afraid, ah. so. But that's the thing. By the time this can comes out we'll... can you get it? Well we can do that. We can tune up the entire tournament right now. Let me actually need to predict the whole tournament. I'm not entirely sure I do have it anymore. It may oh. have been given to the Canadian Red Cross. Oh. No, that the was... Canadian Royal Legion. That was yeah. it. Oh, oh. Well, that, you know, that's a good use of it. It should be in the World Rugby Hall of Fame and Museum. It should. Out there, but but uh, I, I have a loony. Because it's a reduced tournament, we'll use a loony. How about that? A loony? Oh, okay. Yeah, amateur tournament. So it's a loony? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go with um, heads are those teams that are ranked one through to four. So the current home teams and tails will be the designated away teams. So head for the designated home, tails designated away. So first up, are you um, making a record of this, Derek? At any? Yeah, I'm just uh, making sure I have the, the actual bracket pulled up here. All right. Just to see. Okay. I got the actual bracket. The bracket okay. that is on the uh, Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship Facebook page, just to make sure we do this right. Okay. So, so we got a again, loony, though. We got the loony. It's a loony. It's not a so team. Because, right. because it's not a professional tournament, we're only using a loony. So we have the uh, first round is Thunderbirds versus Paladins. So we'll have heads for the designated home team and tails for the designated away team, and we'll work yeah. it out through that. Okay. So Thunderbirds versus Paladins. Let's go. Is going to the Paladins. Paladins, all right. Next up is the Griffins versus the Dinos. And that is going to the Griffins. Third up, uh, the Vikes versus Dalhoise. Is going with the Vikes. And the host, uh, Gales versus Singers. Is going with the Gales. So the major upset is in uh, game one with the uh, Paladins. 
yeah so it's like yeah they, they want the uh, they, they like that they ate seed to knock off the one right away all right so we, we're gonna do i think i feel like we need to do this entire tournament now with the loot uh, yeah that's fair so all right you, so we got paladins okay. versus queens so paladins we'll go, uh, go queens heads paladins tails queens heads paladins tails queens queens advances okay and then we would have griffin's vikes so griffin's heads vikes tails griffin's heads vikes tails it is it's going vikes vikes all right queens versus vikes we'll give uh queens head we'll give uh queens heads because that's the actual queen on the coin so i yeah. feel like that makes most sense and yeah. then vikes um I have no loon connection to Vikes, so we'll go it's, with It's that. not the queen, therefore it's a loon. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right. Okay, so this is for the Men's University uh, Rugby Championship. It's going to Queens. Queens. All right. So Queens, according to the loony, Queens University will be the uh, the uh, 20, uh, 2021 uh, Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship. The, the Looney did quite well during the MLR season, so I'm, I'm curious to see if yeah. uh well the Toonie did quite well. I'm curious the to see did the quite well. Can the Looney hold up? We yeah, will have a Toonie for the new season of MLR. Yeah, can the Looney now... live up to the legacy that has been left by the Toonie that apparently has now been donated to the Royal Canadian Legion for a poppy that I don't even see on you? So I'm not well, I'm not really sure what you did with that. Oh, looks can be deceiving. I may have just donated it out of the kindness of my own heart. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Actually, that's probably nicer. That's probably nicer. Exactly. Exactly. Well, if you want to watch the Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship, you can for free, even better. Where can you watch it? Well, it's thanks to our old reliable network. The Rugby Network is showing all these games. And the entire tournament is being sponsored by the Toronto Arrows. So, you know... Obviously, this is going to be the next generation of Canadian players coming through. This is a time to see them before they turn pro. So get to watching. Uh, so where can you watch rugby this weekend? Well, as we just said, you can watch the uh, Men's University Rugby Championship on the Rugby Network, uh, the Premiership, and returning for round six of the URC. That will be on Sportsnet. And we also have the return of the World 7 Series. And you can catch the first round of the Dubai Sevens on CBC. Well, Derek, it has been a bumper episode this week, I feel. We've had a lot to talk about, a lot of news to get through. And I'm, I'm really grateful that as we are approaching the Thanksgiving weekend in the United States, I'm thankful that MLR and all their teams decided to release their news on Tuesday morning <laughs> instead of Wednesday so we could talk about it this week. Oh, oh, you know, you know, there's going to be something huge that drops tomorrow anyways. Um, yeah. You know, I just realized I was like, this week has been so busy that we didn't even talk about the Dubai sevens. Um, exactly. That are exactly. that are happening um, this year that are obviously they're happening. It's a thing. Sevens is back. Like I said, rugby doesn't stop. There's no off season. Um, it doesn't take up. There's also um, the uh, World 10 series is playing in Portugal this weekend, uh, yes, which is true. also a thing that we we did not talk about at all. Um, I saw a couple roster announcements. They did like a little draft thing. I think uh, Doug Frazier is over there. Ollie Knott's over there. Um, Kainoa Lloyd's over there. 
Um, I'm sure um, Andrea Burke is over there. I'm sure there's a couple other Canadians that I'm missing. I'm trying to. Robin re- McDowell is coaching one of the teams out there. As oh, okay. Well. There you go. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, quite a so some. I think DTH is coaching somebody too. Um, he uh, I saw like an Instagram story that he had sent um, flying over to Portugal. So um, that's obviously something else that you can watch this weekend too. But I think I just uh, this this week was was madness. It was a pretty busy week. Um, but you know it's what uh, it, it is what makes you know the world of rugby so exciting sometimes. Absolutely. Well, something else that we haven't mentioned is this is our 99th episode, which means that next week we will be celebrating 100 episodes of La Rouge Rugby, and we have something special for you. But if you want to find out what that is, you're going to have to tune in next week. That's it for this episode. As always, you can listen to previous episodes on Spotify or Anchor FM. Uh, you can also find us on all social media platforms at La Rouge Rugby. Derek, uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, same as same as every episode, every time you ask me. It's uh, at Brissett the Jet on basically everything. So that's uh, that's where to find me. Well, I'm more exclusive. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, but you can find me at Hardman, spelled H4RDMAN. That's H4RD. Why don't we have a LaRouge Rugby TikTok? How come you haven't done that yet? I don't know. Why haven't you done that yet? Well, it's because you're supposed to do, I, I do like the audio and the video stuff. You're supposed to do like the social media things. Where's the, where's the, you do the, audio video stuff and you're asking me about a TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Which is audio visual. No, no, it's, it's different. It's different. I don't know. Maybe that'll be a 100 episode. You can flip the Toonie on TikTok. You can do the, all the Toonie predictions on TikTok. I suppose we can. I suppose we can. But that will be for next week. We hope that you can join us for our 100th episode. We look forward to you joining us then.